Good morning, good evening, good night, wherever you are listening to this special episode of the My Love of Golf podcast, the PGA Championship Halfway Cup episode. You know, the intro music, as we uh, do on this special episode, is, is uh, should be left there by our fearless leader who's uh, working today in the shop. And um, it's been an interesting day in golf. I have my illustrious uh, colleague, Magic Mike, aka Pete Caretti Week, on the, on the line as well. Mike, how are you? I'm very, very tired. Back-to-back <laughs> days. 3.30 start, Friday morning, 4 a.m. start today. I'll be napping plenty today. Yes, I've uh, I've broken my one-day streak of great sleep, uh, and there's lots of other stories behind that. Now, the the uh, My Love of Golf podcast is definitely uh, you know pushing the limits in the uh, media and content space, and we're starting to play with the big boys so much so that we've invested in having a roving reporter on the grounds, being able to report back to us on what is actually happening at the PGA. We can uh, re- we can introduce the marketing man himself, the Doc. Doc, how are you? I'm very well, Rocket, and uh, good to be beaming in live from very hot and muggy Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, yeah, it's good to be here, and um, I'll just make sure that I send my invoice for the trip to uh, to Roscoe. Is that, that the deal? That's what we've agreed to. <laughs> I think <Yeah>. so. <laughs> just <laughs> just not to just not to me or Rocket. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, good to be here, boys. Um, so it, it's, it's interesting that you're you're over there. You know, we've invested a lot of money to to at least get one of us over there to be on the on the ground. So, um, so first of all, how how long are you over there for that um, that we've we've funded and and what's 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 Tulsa like? What's the atmosphere in Tulsa? And you know, what's Southern Hills like? And then. Literally, what's what's the golf course and the golf like over there on the grounds? Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have uh, a couple of um, brother-in-laws who live in, in Tulsa and, and the, the trip came about, um, well, you know, when it first was announced that Tulsa was getting it um, and that was only in January of last year, um, you know, January 2021 in, in Melbourne, we were all in, you know, middle of the pandemic still and lockdowns were coming up and... I was sort of joking to my brother-in-law, like, oh, wouldn't it be great if I could get over there and, and see it? And he's like, yeah, that'd be, that'd be cool. And then we sort of just forgot about it for a few months. And then um, and then sort of early this year, it was like, well, looks like the world's sort of opening up and we might be able to get out of here. And um, and then, yes, yeah, so I just it just sort of all came together in, in the last minute. And um, he managed to get some tickets. Uh, so I knew we had access to the course and had his place to stay at. So we just need to sort out flights. And, um, and then we made it happen. So the missus and I, Jumped on a on a bird on um, on Monday night out of Melbourne, and um, we were in Tulsa by Tuesday night their time, and um, we were on the course uh, on on Thursday. So um, yeah, it's been it's been great. We we're here for a bit over a week. We had a home on Tuesday, and we just sort of you know tied a bit of a family thing in with the um, with the PGA, and and it's just great to see great to see Tulsa in in such a you know um, sort of exciting time. Like this is one of the biggest events that they have had in years, and um, you know they've had they've had you know college basketball things in here and and a few other events. I've got, actually got this weekend they've got two big events. They've got an Ironman um, uh, competition sort of thing. So like the Hawaii Ironman, it's a qualifier for that. So there's a whole bunch of triathletes are in town um, and obviously the PGA as well. So it's bringing plenty of plenty of business to the town. I mean it's, it's only a small town. It's only sort of four hundred thousand people live in Tulsa. Um, so it's it's kind of similar to um, 
you know, like a Geelong or that sort of size um, kind of place. Uh, but really, um, really cool town. Like it's, it's plenty of plenty of oil money is here. So um, there's some pretty fancy sort of spots and good restaurants in town and all that sort of stuff. Really nice houses in some of the suburbs. So um, lot, all the players. A lot, lot of old money. A lot of old money and um, a lot of philanthropy too, which is what I'm finding. So apparently it's the, the second most philanthropic um, city in the US but behind yeah. Silicon Valley because um, wow. of all the oil money. So a lot of that stuff goes into the arts and, um, you know, funding, um, you know, programs for kids and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, pretty cool town and, and it's come alive. Like, seriously, there, there, there's people everywhere. Like, we've been out for dinner most nights and um, all the restaurants are, are buzzing. Um, we bumped into, we had, you know, same uh, dinner at the same place as Tony Finnell and his family on on um, Tuesday night. Um, Leash was at the restaurant we were at last night. Um, you know, the golfers are all out about. They're all staying in the sort of area that we're staying as well. So it's a, it's a really cool vibe. And, um, you know, in terms of the course, it's got to be one of the best um, golf courses to spectate at, I would say. Um, the way that the topography works um, from a viewing perspective um, and the way that the course is laid out, and you can see this on the TV a bit, like with the overlap of the holes, you can stand in one spot and, you know, and you can see, you know, two greens, a tee box, two fairways, and you don't have to move. And you can sort of stay, stay in one spot and see, you know, three or four groups circling around and, um, and, and you get it all sort of in, in the same spot. And, you know, I'm not a very tall guy, as you, as you guys know. So, you know, standing 15 deep and trying to peek through shoulder isn't really a thing you have to do here. So, um, not, you can put yourself on a hill. <laughs> I, I yeah. join you in the vertically challenged club. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so, so you can stand on a hill and, and get a really good view and, um, and it just works like as a, as a course layout for, for spectators. Um, it, it's a really nice, nice place to watch golf. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's been, it's been hot. Like Thursday was really hot, like really hot and muggy. Um, it's a, it's a really muggy heat. Um, it's only probably 32, 33 degrees Celsius, but, um, I don't know what the humidity is, but you, as soon as you walk outside, you just, you just drip sweat. Um, and you know, the golfers on course, you see them like you'd probably see it better on the, on the telecast, but you know, they're all hot. They're all pretty bothered and, um, not expending too much energy that they don't have to. So that was like that yesterday. Um, bit less, not as bad today, but, but still, still pretty muggy. And I think, um, the, the, the forecast is that, um, tonight is going to be thunderstorms rolling through and the temperature is going to drop to, kind of low twenties, they were saying. So like, you know, a good cool change. And then tomorrow is going to be a t- completely different wind direction um, coming from the south instead of um, in the north. I think that's uh, how it's going to be. So it should play a different course. It should, um, you know, it should be a different uh, different game to watch tomorrow. So Yeah, they, uh, they, they mentioned today on the telecast, the wind, I know you messaged us in the group, but that the wind, wind had swung around at some point during the round today. But I think it was probably mid-round. Is that right? Yeah, it, it probably about three o'clock ish or three or yeah. four o'clock. It sort of felt like it, it um, kind of dropped off a bit. Um, it, it the temperature just kind of dropped. The, the wind, yeah. you know, felt cooler. Um, but that was only for about 20, 30 minutes. And I, I thought that was going to be the start of the cool change and that the thunderstorms were going to roll through, but yeah. it didn't kind of eventuate. And then it just sort of it just went really calm for the next couple of hours. And um, and it just you know that muggy sort of heat just kind of got trapped in inside. So. Um, so yeah, still waiting for the rain to hit. Um, it's still pretty calm outside. They're saying seven or eight o'clock tonight, which is, you know, you know, kind of now. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens tonight. And it'd be, and if it's a thunderstorm and it's Oklahoma, it's it's going to be that'll be spectacular in itself. 
Yeah, yeah. My, my brother-in-law said if if it starts to thunder, we don't want to be outside at all. Like you just you get inside and you stay inside. So um, if there's thunder at all tomorrow or Sunday on the course, like I would expect they would, well, clearly they'll shut the, you know, close down play, but um, I think they'll be pretty quick to do it um, by the sounds of it. Yeah, they won't fuck around. Nah, it's looking okay though. I think tonight you'll get, well, the weather report is showing that um, yeah, it's going to rain tonight or 50% chance, but it's going to rain up until maybe 5am and then it's yep. pretty clear for rain for the rest of the weekend. And like you said, Doc, the temperature is going to drop down to around uh, I don't know, 16, 17 degrees each day by the looks around there, maybe 19 on Sunday. And the wind will be pretty steady. Not, not, too, not, not as probably nuts as it was for you yesterday, but then just steady through the day. Uh, Saturday so, and Sunday. So, so yeah. to Doc, if it if it rains tonight, what do you reckon that might do to the course tomorrow? The course is pretty good as it is, and they got a like on Thursday morning. Um, there was a good shower for about thirty minutes um, early in the morning, so sort of five a.m. Um, it woke me up like it was it was heavy a heavy storm, um, but I only stuck around for sort of 20, 30 minutes, um, and the course didn't. You know, there was no impact at all really on the course at that stage. If it rains for, you know, four, five hours tonight, um, it'll be a different story. Interestingly, they, they didn't, um, they didn't cut the greens this morning because, um, they were worried that the wind was going to be too much and the balls were just going to fly off the, off the thing. So I would assume they have to cut them overnight and, um, they'd be, you know, they've got a sub air system or I think it's called precision air or something in these greens. Um, you know, clearly they'll just run that and and suck the suck the, the life out of them if um if it does one get of, too wet. One of the benefits you had of being there, Doc, is you didn't have to listen to the pros come off the course this afternoon and complain about the greens being too slow. Um, <laughs> which you know, the guys in the morning had the the gale force winds or the windy windy start, so they had the ones yep. that had to have those slower greens. But like you said, that change came through and it settled down a little bit. And then all you got was people complaining that the greens were too slow. And a lot of them just didn't, you know, you've seen so many guys today, this last two days just not get the speeds right. They're just really yeah. battling getting it right. And normal good partners like Cam Smith just massively battled today. I was going to say, and I'm sure we'll get to it when we talk through the leaderboard, but um, it really looked like Cam was struggling on the greens putting. And, and that was kind of yesterday as well. It looks like he just hasn't got his putting game together. Um, you know, if he was putting like he was at, at the Masters, um, he'd be, you know, in the league or, or maybe a couple of shots ahead, yep. you know. It, I agree. Um, he's playing pretty good um, from tee to green, but um, I think he's putting letting him down, which is unfortunate. For sure. Um, Rocket, do you want to start? Do you want to start? Where do you want to start? Do you want to start at the top of the leaderboard or do you want to talk a little bit about the bottom of the leaderboard? Uh, let's go to the bottom. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea. Let's go to the bottom. Let's go to the bottom. I'm going to run through the bottom of the leaderboard and work my way up. What was the cut mark? Was it still four? It'll be still four over. Yeah. So I'm going to start at the bottom and I'm going to call out a couple of names and I'm just going to need some some commentary from both of you around your thoughts around this person and where they are on the leaderboard. So funnily enough, you know, the bottom obviously is very heavy with the, the PGA pros, uh, which yeah. is, you know, that's fine. Um, so I'm not going to pick on anyone there just to start with. But What's I his name? Start. C. Pine. Looked like he just get, had the Ron Burgundy mustache going. <laughs> he did. I saw that guy. <laughs> he looked like, um, is it Johnson Wagner? I think is it Johnson Wagner? It's got a similar yes. sort of mo going. Yeah. Um, 
first man I'm going to talk about is Daniel Berger. Daniel Berger has shot 73.80. That's, that's, he's T135. He's clearly not playing the weekend. That's wow. not good. He, um, he must, he must have caught a waft of the, the burger or the, or the, uh, the smoke stands or something down by 12. I did see that just, every time they hit across gone, that fairway. And he's just gone, that is it. I'm not playing golf. I'm going to just throw my round away because I'm going to station myself down by the Michelob, you know, <laughs> burger stand and just watch golf for the rest of the week. He's, so he's I, I, I don't know if you guys saw it on the, on the telecast. So like this morning, cause the wind was up, that wasn't so much of a problem. Like the, the, the smoke from the barbecue was getting, you know, getting out of that area pretty quickly and there's a couple of spots around the course where they've got these barbecues kind of like behind the um you know behind the, the stalls and stuff but the the one on 12 is is right next to the green and right next to the 13 tee box so it's it is so obvious that it's it's coming out as soon as the wind died off around sort of four or four thirty, like the smoke just had nowhere to go so it's just like hovering around 13 like 12 green and 13 <laughs> Even on one of the fairways, I don't know where, I know I saw, saw you got some barbecue today, Doc, but yeah. it was just pouring straight across the fairway. So Tiger yeah, was 12. there and it was like the smoke just coming straight across. There's 12. Yeah. There's another one on an earlier hole. So yeah. um, the feature group one, I was t- telling Doc this one before we recorded, the Smiley Kaufman on the ESPN, he, the, he was following that HV3 group and he was coming down there and they're saying, oh, the smoke from the, from the you know concession stand and Smiley goes, I can smell what they're cooking over there. Can someone come down here and take over from me? Because I want to go over there, get a couple awesome. of hot dogs and some oh, beers. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> um, no, Daniel yeah. Berger, uh, Daniel Berger, he's done it in his putter. He's lost three and a half strokes putting, so that's not going to get that's it. Usually, done. he's that's usually one of his. He's not weak, but probably another um, one of those guys that's better with speed. Yeah, it's like this: the ones that you talk about about the need that streaky, but that's pretty bad. Like, yeah, like that's bad. Um, I'm not going to pick on this bloke. I'm going to give him a pass. That's Matthew Wolf. Is not just one week for him, but T135. He's 13 <laughs> over as well. So there's a fair few uh, PJ pros that have beat him. Especially when, you know, we'll call it, everyone raves on about Ricky being the hometown boy. You know, Matty Wolf was an, was an Oklahoma boy. Yep. People forget about that Oklahoma team. Like that was Matt Wolf, Victor Hovland. Yep. There's one other guy as well. Names escapes me. And he was a weapon as well. Like their team was loaded for a couple of years. It was ridiculous. Taylor Gooch. Gooch was nah, there as well. He was before. No, nah, he was before. And Answer was there before too. Yeah. That's a long Good golf was coming through. Yeah. Brian Taylor would call it a footy factory. That's for the Aussie people. (laughs) Um, Next up, this one's a real disappointment. Patrick Cantlay. Patrick Cantlay, 11 over. He's gone 76-75 T123. I'm actually not surprised. Because if you think about it, outside of the 2019 Masters, what has he done in majors? No, not a lot. Nothing. No. But Absolutely still, when you're going nothing. in, you think about how he ripped apart the season last year. He got that cheeky win from Ram when Ram got had the WD with COVID. But, I mean, we're talking about a guy yeah. that is, was ranked in a top couple in the world, if he's not still. That's not a good start. And, again, straight again, in majors, if you look at his majors, like his performance yeah. in majors is terrible. So when you... Th- 
which surprises me because you think about how he plays in and contends in a lot of tournaments, and even if he gets into a Ryder Cup and a President's Cup, so that that's that's still like that precious stage, and he performs quite well, like really well on that on that in that format. So you think that would normally translate into how you perform in the majors, but mm. he's, you know, how much longer can you? sort of talk about him as being a possible major player. He's contended once. Mm. No, exactly. Um, two guys that are tied at plus seven. Two guys that might be playing in, in England at the start of June. Adam Scott oh, before, and Sergio before we get, Garcia. Before we get to the plus sevens, can we talk about one bloke who's on plus eight? Yeah. T-106. Is it Mr. J Daly. <laughs> <laughs> How is he allowed to get around in a cart? <laughs> Oh, did, was he getting around in a cart? He's getting so, around in a cart. If you can see my background, this is John Daly on 18. He's the one with the white shirt and the red pants, right? Yep. He's parked his cart just behind where I'm sitting, so you, know, you can't really see it. But he's, he's there. He, yeah, ran in the cart all day. And it's, <laughs> I heard that the cart that he's allowed to use has to be like the completely stripped back, like no features on the cart. So it's got to be, it's just got to be real basic, but it's got to have a cup holder so I can hold his diet coke. <laughs> it's yeah, I I know I don't know. Rocket shared it yesterday, and I saw a few people share it. The number of smokes and diet cokes that he has in one day, and I remember we talked about it in the podcast only a month or so ago about when I followed him at the Heineken at Royal Melbourne, and it was the same. He just smokes and drinks diet coke all day. But if I, if you're in that way, why are you approved to drive a car? Tiger should be yeah. able to get a car. I didn't. I didn't realise being a, a fat, unhealthy bastard is a, is grounds for getting a cart. And Tiger's yeah. nearly missing a leg. Well, Tiger and him could have split this cost of a cart and been like thirty bucks <laughs> yeah, each yeah. instead of sixty bucks <laughs> straight up. <laughs> put, <laughs> been, put, put them together. Put, put, put a little put a little Yeti Esky or something on yeah. the back, you know. One for the, for the for the for uh, the the monster. I was monster gonna say the monsters, the monster <laughs> and the other one for the. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the, the big Diet Cokes and, you know, his chocolate M&Ms. Yeah. But he was also uh, out, out last night in Tulsa on, you know, on, on the Bricky's laptop and uh, and down at Hooters. Just, of course he was. You know, he had a late tea time, so he thought he'd, thought he'd get a bit in. But yeah. no. So at one point today, they, they thought he was going to make the cut. Everyone yeah. thought he was going to make the cut, but he finished his back nine. He shot, uh, I think he shot six over. Five yeah. over. Five so over I saw I saw him on eight green and he uh so par three, T shot got to it would have been a six or eight foot part, like wouldn't have been any more than that at all. The other two blokes he was playing with were ones in the bunker and ones in the back of the green. And so they they've sort of come in and you know, got their balls and having their shots and whatever. He walked up to the green, marked his ball and stood two foot behind it, leaning on his putter, didn't move the whole time that these guys were chipping onto the green and having their putts and whatever. Didn't walk around to the other side of the hole. Didn't do any kind of measurement. Didn't like stand in the middle of his line and, and feel it. Just put the ball down, <laughs> got his putter, went bang, and he missed the birdie putt. But like this guy does not care. Like he no. has checked out, right? He's, yeah. It, it, it was almost why. comical. Yeah. Why, why bother? Like just yeah. keep doing whatever you're doing. I don't know. Must be something in it for him. Well, it's, it's, anyway. it's him being visible. It's just visibility, right? It's like yeah. being visible. It's like he's spot spo- him and his son. The fact that his son's sponsored by Hooters just blows me away. It's so good. Is he really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So all the 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 um, national um, image and likeness 
um, rules that came in from the NTA, which is a very bad way of, um, so I could go on forever. Actually, this is nearly a podcast episode on its own. You know, think about the Fab Five and NCAA rules and the money that they make from basically sport. So NIL was a, 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 I think it's national image and likeness. I think I could be wrong with the, the end bit. But because of that, it means that uh, amateur players in any sport can receive money and sponsorship to contribute to them playing amateur golf. And that also came in with the change of rules by the USGA and RNA a couple of years ago as well. Um, So, yeah. So there was, I think it was when he, when he committed to Arkansas, uh, then, 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 Hooters have like come out and gone, you know, little John Daly's going to be a sponsor. You obviously can't drink in those places, but you know, he's going to turn up and do signings. He's going to, you know, with his, have, with his have old Hooters, man, Hooters and that, stuff like that on that bloody Hooters at um, Augusta doc that we went to about three times. It's, it's, it's so good. It's so good. And then, so he's, so between that it's Hooters and, and selling his, his bloody crazy pants and, yes. and Jack, you know, yeah, exactly. Right. They're weird. That's it. Um, and, yeah. T89. These two guys, well, one of them definitely needs to mention the other one's probably been a bit so-so. The first one's DJ. Yeah. DJ's been a bit so-so. Uh, he did flash a bit of form recently, so it's probably is a bit disappointing he's not going to play the weekend. The other one's Scotty Scheffler, the favourite. Yeah. And I, I am absolutely shocked that he didn't tie something together. The fact that Tiger Woods has gone there on one leg and battled it out and, and Scotty's gone and shot uh, 75 today to miss. is um, The weight of, of expectation is far heavier than most players expect. He, this is the first major he's rolled into as world number one. He, I don't think he's did he, he, the only time he played last the only time he's played since the Masters was like last week. And this is the first one, and and there would have been all the hype around. You know, he's won here. He's got the course record here. Uh, you know, he's on the record of saying it's his favourite golf course in the world, and he said that like yep. two years ago. And the reality of being this world number one player, won the Masters, and then rolling into a major, and you're a favourite, like that's that's going to hit someone at some point. Yeah. And I think there was also a lot of comparisons between Augusta's condition and layout and Southern Hills. And I think yep. that's something I did want to mention too, because, because coming here and, and you know, the last major that I went to was, you know, Mike and I went to Augusta in 2019. And so we, we walked that course a bunch of times and, and coming here, I'd heard all the, all the comparisons, but getting here and seeing it and when walking it, I, I totally get it. Like it, it is so similar in so many ways. Um, to that course and I think that's one of the, the reasons why everyone you know was was backing Scheffler and I, I certainly drank the Kool-Aid I, I picked him in the one and done and um, you know I know probably plenty of other people have as well but um, they have <laughs> yeah yeah so uh-huh. um, that's a surprise and yesterday we were watching him we, we followed him for a few holes and he looked pretty calm collected you know typical sort of Scheffler and we got home and we were watching the highlights and saw his blow up that after, I think it was on, 
maybe nine or eighteen. I can't recall one of the holes. He, he one of the finishing holes. Yeah, it was. He yeah. um. It was, uh, it was 17 or 18, water. I reckon. Yeah. yeah. His drive went in the water on the little creek there on the right. And he's just, you know, if you've seen the vision, you, you, I don't need to explain it, but he just, I've never seen him do that. And, um, and that was a surprise. That was a big surprise. So clearly he's, he's feeling that pressure. He was rattled. Um, the course, the course got to him, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. No, I agree, mate. Um, and today it's his back nine again. It's nearly, nearly exactly the same as John Daly. He had five over on his back nine. He shot 40. Um, and his yeah. last hole, he doubled. So he doubled the last. He makes par there. He gets in on the number. So, <laughs> yeah. um, and, yeah, and back so. to your, the Augusta comparison as well. And I don't know, Doc, if you'd heard the preview episode that we did, and I talked about this, is that it's the Perry Maxwell factor. That it, yep. It's funny. There's a lot of other podcasts have talked about it, but they've not, no one is actually, and I was surprised that, even Andy Johnson never talked about it in any of his in terms of the, this is a Perry Maxwell course. Perry Maxwell designed the greens at Augusta. Yep. And so, and then Perry Maxwell was a, was kind of like Alistair McKenzie's right-hand man, you know, for when McKenzie would come into, into the U S. So he, McKenzie would have um, Perry Maxwell do most of his greens. So all the, all the big, McKenzie courses that are in the top, like Crystal Downs, you've got Augusta. There's one other as well, which I'm missing. Like their greens get talked about. It's because they're Perry Maxwell greens. And then so I reckon when he's designed um, Southern Hills and then we'll call it Gil Hans has brought it back to what it used to be, I reckon the the influence of McKenzie has come into what Maxwell had sort of done. Oh, the other one was um, Pine Valley. Yep. Um, so, so that's where I reckon that it's that it's that we could go forever on that. There's certain architects influence other ones, and there's like these little crossovers and these like these little threads you could pull on yep. um, all the way. It's like template holes, right? Yep. Yeah. And the, the way that the course flows around that property is very reminiscent of, of Augusta. The, you know, the creek runs right through the middle of it. It's a feature of you know majority of the holes. Um, there's the elevation change from T to creek back to green you know happens on multiple holes and, and you see that you know reoccurring and then it um it's great, it's a beautiful it's, a be- it's it's unbelievable routing you know the only thing that messes it up i reckon is the way that they've kind of had to extend the tee boxes a little bit to sort of cater for the you know the championship style course that you get these days and yeah like i was saying to you before we, we hit record the you know the overlaps on um you know 12 green 13 t um Five green, six T, three T, seven T. Like they're all, it's all really close, which is great for spectators. But in terms of the flow of, of a course, you know, you can see the, the guys in the, in the groups are sitting, standing there waiting for greens to clear or for T boxes to clear before they can kind of continue. And, and whether that has any sort of, um, psychological effect, I, I don't know, but, um, that's the only sort of, Downside, I would say, if you can, if you're comparing it to Augusta, that um, doesn't quite work as well. Yeah. Um, before we get to the people that did make the cut in the tips, just because I know we did mention about the tips, um, we've only got a handful of people that have picked someone who didn't, didn't make the cut. We've had a couple of Patrick Cantlay. So Kirky and Pultz both picked Patrick Cantlay. Adam Scott was picked by Justin Bissicker. I think did really well last week. And then there's a lot of Scotty Shefflers, Ginger Ninja. Zach Ginevra, Ginevra, who did well last week as well, the doctor, as he's pointed out. 
AB, the Brown Hornet, Lewis H. Ursus, and fearless leader, M. Log Roscoe. So Roscoe's not getting any Razus this week. I forgot he, put, he pulled the Scheffler card. He's all excited. Yeah, he did. He's not happy. He's, he sent one message this morning, which I won't repeat because it'll be an explicit episode. But yeah. Um. Uh, for the guys that made the cut first, and these guys aren't in the mix. They're, you know, these guys are four over. They're a long way off the lead. Uh, Colin Morikawa, again, putting left, let him down again. Um, he he looked grumpy, grumpy yesterday and grumpy today. Like there was not many times where he had a smile on his face. He's sorry, you go rocket. Yeah, I was going to say what what you know is is he lost strokes gained. Is he lost a fair bit? Uh, As about two shots, just under two, I think. Uh, Morikawa. It wasn't. It wasn't anything good. It wasn't anything bad, like we've talked about before. So he's lost half a shot putting nearly, um, and that's pretty much it. There's a little bit in strokes can approach over the two days. Yeah, theory is starting to come up though, and I think maybe even Andy Johnson or someone did mention it. There is a theory going that he's just not great in the wind. He, the same sort of thing happened at Augusta. As soon as it blew, he just can't get those irons working where he needs them to go, which is weird because it really shouldn't affect him. No, you think, you know, it's not about moving it and shaping it. It's almost like, um, <clears throat> yeah, it seems a bit, it seems kind of counterintuitive that you think as a ball striker, he would, and the way he controls it, that he would be able to perform really, really well in the wind. Um, yeah. But, mm, yeah, because he was morning group on both. He was morning and afternoon. No, he was afternoon and morning, wasn't he? The, the better draw, yeah. Yeah. The better draw, I should, you know, not not the great draw. Um, well, well, I think St. Andrews will, St. the Open Championship will either dispel or validate yeah. all of that, I think. Because even at St. George's, it wasn't like windy, windy. No, no. It it's wasn't. quite benign. Mm. Got a bunch of Aussies at around plus three, plus four. So Cam Davis, Mark Leishman, Jason Day. Uh, they're at plus three and plus four. And then the main man is at, is at plus three. Absolutely all tickets today. Tiger Woods. Did you get to see much of Tiger today, Doc? Yeah, I did. Caught him on, um, uh, picked him up an eight green, watched the nine tee off, um, kind of had to cut across a couple of fairways after that to sort of we had um we had sort of a marquee ticket today so and the marquee was um situated on 12 fairway and, and it was in a good spot because um sort of elevated and you can you could see um 10 fairway and green you could see 11 t 11 green and then um sort of um approach shot on 12 into the green um and then the 13th t so you, you got to see you know quite a bit of it so um yeah watched him through all of those holes um he birdied 10, um, made a mess of 11, which I didn't see a whole lot of. Uh, and then, and then I think he, um, I think he parred 12, um, uh, from memory, but, um, you have a good he memory. looked, he looked pretty ginger. Uh, I've got to say, mm. like bending over to, um, you know, read the green, pick up his ball, that sort of stuff, like wasn't a natural movement. He was, he was really looking, um, I mean, you guys would have seen it. The cameras would have been on him. 95% of the time. So, yes. um, yeah. <laughs> yes, <they were. laughs> yeah. Um, but from, even from, you know, from, from, from my eyes, it, it, it looked pretty, pretty rough. Um, and apparently he's getting stacks of work done every night and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah. 
No, but mate, you, you, you summed it up perfectly and your memory's perfect. He went birdie, double and par on 10, 11, 12 and the double on the par three. Absolutely airmailed the par three green and then it kicked off the back and then went into the hazard, chipped up and then went into the pot. And then, yeah, it made a real mess of it. Yeah. Um, he looks sore. He's walking. His gait is not right. Um it's funny because it's great that he did fought through to play the weekend, but you almost kind of wish he didn't and just took a little holiday rest. Yeah, up. a little bit. It, what, what's surprising is that, you know, you, you can clearly see the pain in his walk and he's, you know, picking up balls and reading greens and that kind of stuff. But then he goes and swings the club and looks just as good as he ever has. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just struggle to understand that. Like you guys know, I've had, I've had back issues. I'm sure, you know, Creed, you've had back issues as well. Um, when you've got those sort of things, like swinging the club at 70 or 80% is a, is an absolute challenge. And he seems to be doing this at close to 100% and it looks totally normal. But doing other stuff, he struggles. So uh, I don't know how long he can do that, how long he can keep that up. Is he just whacking band-aids on it and, and getting through four days? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Mentally, he is... He is one tough SOB. Like there is like, and you saw me in the chat, right? It's like no one, no one grinds out at like a 15 foot par putt like he does. Yeah. Like you think about it. He's like, I think it was four over five over and looked like it was just, that was after the double, right? And you're thinking this is just going to torpedo and you see him walk off the back of the green. And it was almost like he had this pep talk to himself. Um, He nearly spat and, and, it just got over his chin. Um, but you look at it and you just go, he he legitimately could just like bogey out or whatever and everyone would not give two hoots and everyone would go, I understand because yeah. you're on a bum leg and all this sort of yeah. stuff. But he like balls out for like the last six holes and makes the cut. And it's like you look at him and you just watch some of the some of the up and downs and the putts that he makes and, and you know, the birdie makes on 16 and just go, this guy cares so much about just making the cut more than anyone even cares about winning a tournament. It's one of those things where if, if, if other players had 25% of his care factor, um, they would be superstars. Yeah. I, I don't know. He's, he, he just amazes me. He just I think he needs the money. I think it's the money. I think he needs the money and he didn't. <laughs> I think that he wanted that, even if it's 53rd place check, he wants it. He's all about it. He's got to keep that refuel of the jet. He's got to keep the PJ because the the rumor going around Tulsa was that he flew in his own mattress to get installed in the house that he's renting for the week because he didn't want to sleep on whatever mattress was in that house. So he's he's, he's got that. Don't you do that? Don't you do that when you go to Sydney? (laughs) Just pack the king size mattress in the back. He's he's called Louis. He's called Louis, the mattress king. That's that's the, he's called Louis, and he said, "Louis, I know you do this. Can you give me a hand?" And he goes, "No worries. Uh, this is why I'm sponsored by UPS because uh, they help me uh, cart my mattress around. I'll hook you up, Tiger." Well, he's, maybe, carrying, he's carrying it in the in the private jet, isn't he? He's just got it like wedged in the back there somehow. It's tied down. On the, tied on down. The tail wing. He's, the other thing well, is he he's got a, he's got to fund the the sandwich. Um, addiction that he's got like is is he the only golfer that that eats like a whole sandwich mid-round 
Or is it just because the cameras are on him all the time that we notice it more? I know um, Stevie Williams used to make him a peanut butter and banana sandwich, I want to say. And that's what he sort of got used to eating. I don't know if he still eats that. But yeah, I don't know. I think he's just keeping the fuel up. Maybe. I don't know. This looked like a full on, you know, ham and salad type operation. And he was just walking down 12 fairway, just, you know, munched into that. Just. I've Cruising never seen around. many having sandwiches. Most of them are like they've got their little snack bars. You know, it could be you know caddy snacks caddy or snacks. something like. Yep. Could be caddy, caddy snacks, snacks. Yeah. definitely. Um, you know, all their bananas and stuff like that. And that's that's about the gist of it. But you're you're right. You know, Tiger's looks like he's just nicked into a subway and just grabbed a footlong <laughs> or something like that, and he's about to chow down. The um, maybe I was going to say about your the UPS maybe with them sacking Lee Westwood today. Maybe they're hunting for Tiger. Maybe that's what's Did happening. They? Yeah, they sacked Lee. They said, no, nah, you're going to go playing that tour. We can't have you on our books anymore. So maybe they're wow. going to be getting Tiger on the books instead. Maybe you should be his mattress with Louis. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well, um, the, the, the news would have got to him quick. It's UPS. <laughs> that's it. It's not like <laughs> FedEx. Um, they would have sent it in a package, opened it up, and it's like, <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> the um if anyone does get a chance and didn't see it um i've been up quite early this morning tiger's birdie on five was exceptional one of the shots of the day into the par five oh, it was a left at that time le- <laughs> yeah, you were up late i was up early it was in the crossover but he uh as a left it was a left pin tucked next to the bunker with a left to right breeze and everyone was just going straight at the flag and letting it go back to the middle of the green and Tiger just hit this pure ball straight up over the bunker and brought it straight down in the, you know, meter and a half left of the flag. It was absolutely awesome. So if you do get time to have a look at that, make sure you do. Um, oh, next up, next up on the list is, oh, I won't go there yet. Oh, I will go there. John Rahm. John Rahm is plus two. How was his putting? His putting is. I don't think it's been great, to be honest. I think that's his biggest problem. No, his putting's fine. His putting is he's 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 gaining a shot on on the uh, field. He's picking up two off the tee, but he's losing one around the green. So, as around the green is where he's losing it, which is what we said pre-tournament when you had to look at the data lake. The data lake was saying the exact same thing about John Rahm. That was going to be his problem this week. Was going to be his strokes gain around the green. Which I find, uh, maybe maybe I have I'm, I've got Spaniard bias, and maybe maybe he's the worst chipper out of all the Spaniards that's going around. But I, I, I would have assumed that he would be not too bad around the greens. Um, this year he's ranked 154th on tour uh, around the greens. So otherwise, every other stat that I looked at this week to figure out who we thought might win. He's ranked first in ball striking, 14th strike scan approach, 154th around the green. Yeah, well, you think about last year, right? Like last year, we'll call it post-US Open, like his putter went just ice cold. Like I still think back to the Open Championship. If he putted half normal, he probably would have won by 10 because he was was balling out tee to green. And then it just continued to be ice cold and now it's infected another part of his game. Feels weird. Like you think about the last twelve months and the golfers that should be like up there and dominating and stuff like that. They're just not. None of them are. Like nah. Ram, DJ, 
um, you know, all of those dudes, they're just, they're just doing nothing. Yeah. Um, around the same spot at plus two, I'm not going to talk about all these guys because two of them will be playing in, could be playing in the, um, London event is Harold Barner the third, my boy, you two hate him. I love him. HB three and, uh, Rockets mate, Brooksy, Brooksy plus two rocket, your boy. Give 63. Us your, give us your official response from Team Brooks. Oh, thank goodness. But yes, and, and, and ripping. Yeah, and he played in the in the bad in the in the in the bad one. So afternoon yesterday, morning today. So for him to shoot six, I was really worried, thinking he's just gonna miss the cut and I don't know, just want to fly back to Florida and jump on a boat and do some Instagram stuff and go to the wrestling or something because money in the bank, no hell in the cells on. So I was half expecting him to just rock up at hell in the cell or something like that. Um, so it's good to see him shoot a really good round. So hopefully that carries, carries through to the weekend because he's been kind of lacking a lot of form in, in 20, in 2022. Mm. So yeah. yeah, we caught, caught him for a couple of holes late yesterday and he was, you know, at that stage he was, plus three, plus four, and I think he finished plus five. Um, and, you know, you could see his shoulders were slumped. He was, he was, you know, pretty dejected. Um, there was blokes calling out in the crowd, like, keep your head up, Brooksy. Like, oh, he, he would have loved that. Yeah. <laughs> loved it. Like, he would have absolutely loved that. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, it, it, we would, we'd written him off after yesterday and, and then for him to come around and shoot a, you know, three under his, today. is um, big today, yeah. Exceptional today. Yesterday, lost a lot of shots around the green. Today, he's picked up yeah. nearly three strokes on the field putting and two and a half around the green. So, and two and, and over two and a half tee to green. He's, uh, yeah, he's, he's three under today is one of the best of the day. Obviously, not the best because we had a few guys go really deep, but, um, yeah, definitely saved his week, which is, yeah, which is good. Good for Rocket. Did you pick him this week? Yes. Yeah. And the one and done. Yeah. So he's, 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 yeah, he's, he's around the greens and he's putting for the last, Got a couple of years of it's been quite average, hmm. average, yep. and then that puts pressure on the rest of his game. So when you you know you saw that at the PGA last year, it's you know he was good tee to green, but when but because he wasn't making the putts that he should and getting you know doing the normal stuff that you know from we'll call it hundred yards in puts pressure on the rest of his game, so he's forcing it. And, and you know you start making mistakes when you when you have to force it, and that's what happens when she's the game's not in top shape. No, for oh. sure. Um, next up, probably a man who is now barely tour average at putting. Even though every time I think of him, I still feel he is the best putter in the world. No, not Jason Day. Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth won over. So he's T30 along the likes of Xander Shoffle, who's actually played pretty well today, Tony Finau, Bobby Mack. But probably the one to talk about is Jordan. Did you get to see much? Did you see Jordan at all today, um, Doc? Well, he was in, um, he was in Tigers, Tigers Rory. Rory. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, like we, we saw him a bit. Um, I think that him not being in Tigers group tomorrow will be a good thing for him. Um, I reckon he was a little bit overshadowed by the, um, you know, the aura of, of T Woods. And I reckon. And Rory. Um, 
and, and Rory too. Yeah, like and Rory was, you know, we came in hot yesterday, and and so there's a lot of, you know, a lot of um, a lot of focus on that group today, and I, and I reckon, um, you know, Jordan, if he when it, well tomorrow, clearly he's not going to be around that, so he'll get to play his own game, and there won't be the the crowd spotlight and the and the, the cameras on him as there has been the last couple of days. So. Look, I think he's he looked good. He, he played played pretty well from what I could see. Um, so it'd be interesting yeah. to see what happens tomorrow. Yeah, it's not from his it's a game we've talked about in weeks gone by. It's certainly not from his pre swing or his pre shot routine that's getting in there because that still looks terrible. Oh, but, and um, and everyone around me, whenever he does that, God, I hate that pre swing. But you know, like everyone is talking about it, and it's it's when it. he does it they do they say it. Like, it looks like a shot. Yeah, it looks like he's having his shot. He just pulls oh, it up, just short just of the ball. Like, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm. Believe me, I, and anyone who's played golf with me, I'm far and away someone who understands the golf swing very well. But the actual motion that he looks like, it looks like he's trying to hit it more over the top, like almost promoting a fade. And then on one of the holes today, he hit this big fade and he's blowing up. I think it was 18. He hit it in the creek, and I'm yes. like, that's what you were practicing, mate. <laughs> like, why are you <laughs> shocked that it went that way? I was yeah. just really surprised. But the I, move I he does, understand. he he pushes his right elbow kind of down and forward, and and it, and it you know flattens the club when he does that. Yeah. When he does his practice backswing, and then he doesn't yeah. has his shot, and his elbow doesn't move. Like his elbow is in the same spot as his normal swing. It's, it's just baffling. Exaggerated, trying to yeah, yeah, really trying to flatten it. And, yeah, I don't know. But look, he's plus one in a in a major and. You've got two rounds to play, and, and like I said, I reckon tomorrow will be good because you, you, the focus won't be on that group. And yeah, I'm with you on that. I think I think playing with Tiger would be hard yards, like you talked about before. I don't know if we're recording yet, but people moving—it's always been the case with Tiger because they follow it. If you're in the group before or after, it'd be a nightmare. People just yeah. constantly walking and making. Or, or if Tiger's hit before you, right? Mm, yeah, the crowd would start moving. <laughs> it wouldn't get too hoots about waiting. Crowd. Well, <laughs> I was saying to I was saying to Rocket before, like. Tiger had 10, 15 deep the whole way around the course. And then Bubba Watson, who was playing behind him, played, shot the lights out, and there was spare ropes. Like, the, you could you could walk the ropes and watch Bubba, you know. But the, and he was only one group back. So, um, yeah, that, that effect of moving, you know, a 1,000 people down the fairway with you clearly is going to cause some distraction. So, um, oh, yeah, I think that'll be... People just go, I mean, like, as you know, people go to watch him. It'd be funny because if you wanted to see someone who's playing great golf, like you said, it would have been good to go and watch a bit of Bubba today, but people just aren't, aren't paying attention. Yeah. Um, the one guy we're going to talk about is the man who made me made the data lake look silly yesterday. And I think Ross messaged him personally and told him that I he was ranked <laughs> 100 107th on the data lake of 150, and that was Lucas Herbert. Lucas shot one of the best rounds of the day yesterday obviously outside of Rory and it was so good to watch because he was just playing such relaxed good golf um it was a little bit disappointing to see him go uh backwards today or backwards this morning but again he played in the toughest part of the the draw in the afternoon morning uh fields and yeah three over today is not horrendous and he's still you know still going pretty well at t30 were you in there this morning, Doc, at all? Did you see him at all or any, any of him? No, uh, we got in about midday and um, didn't catch much of the morning groups because we got to see a lot of those guys in yes, the Arbor on Thursday, so we didn't sort of double up. Um, saw a little bit of Herbie yesterday, and, yeah, like I said, he looked looked pretty good. Um, but the wind was definitely up early. So 
when I woke up at seven, seven thirty, it was howling like it was properly windy. Um, it calmed off, calmed back a little bit um, by the time the guys were playing, but he had definitely had the worst of it today. So um, probably no surprise that he went plus three. Again, I think tomorrow will be it'll be interesting because it'll be a different different day again. The main thing I want to see from 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 Lucas is we'll call it that next step or improvement. So it's like come out and just play just a really good round, try and claw some ground and just slowly try and climb the leaderboard. And it's one of those things like, you know, hopefully he's thinking about what his goal is for the weekend. Is it, you know, is it backdoor top 10? Like doing something like that would be quite significant. And depending on where he finishes, that helps, you know, get an automatically, you know, I'm not going to be, He'll get into a lot of tournaments based on his world ranking, but it's like just good to have little extra things in the bank, right? Finishing in the top 10 to of the PGA, I think, gets you back sort of next year, I think it is, right? So just those little yep. things or little goals and then to finish, money, ranking points, all these other bits yep. and pieces, confidence as well. So hopefully yeah, that's his goal, right? And he performs well over the weekend and he doesn't have one of those third-round slumps that we've We've yeah. become all too accustomed to with him at times. We've talked about it before with him and there's a few other golfers like him. It's knowing when to balance, pedal and brake. You need to know when to push and when to when to just play for par. And I think if he does that well, if he can shoot 67, 67, and, and that, that will be a, an unbelievable effort, he finishes at five under and he's top 20 comfortably. Like I think yeah. the winning score is going to be 12 max. So if he can do that, anything even close to that, even par or better for two days in a row, that would be really, really good to see. Yeah, yeah, 100%. The man that on another podcast this week, I so I do, just as a side note, I do another podcast, as we talked about on our pod, uh, the Little Birdie podcast for all the um, degenerate golf gamblers like myself. And uh, each week, each major, I have to pick someone who is not going to win and why, and that should be kind of up the pointy end of the market. And I picked Victor Hovland because I said, there'll be some people that'll be like, he's an Oklahoma boy and he's going to be playing well, but he can't chip. So I was like, he can't chip and you need to be able to chip here. So he's not going to be able to do it. And he just keeps annoying me. He's just battling right around even. And I don't think he can win, but I would have loved to have seen him out the door at like six over. What, what's his, um, uh, what's his around the greens and, and, um, like strokes gained and stuff like yep. that, or if it's not, nah, I can definitely tell you that. So putting, he's picking up nearly two shots putting, and that will be because he um he's making some really solid putts from you know six feet for par. Um, around the green, he's he's just losing, so that's the only thing that he's losing shots on. He's, he's what about off the tee? Because like what I saw of him, he was quite wild. Yeah, so he's, he's only just ahead of tee. So yeah. Pretty much Pida is keeping him in it. So he's he's just worse than even on around the green. His strokes gain approach, he's picking up half a shot, off the tee half a shot, and then one on tee to green. So he's just a very average sort of day. It's funny, yeah. he's like he's, he's relying on his putter. He's puttering he a little bit that. around the greens, right? You would he, not have picked that in times gone by. No, nah, usually if usually if he's not flash you know, tee to green, he, he's missing the cut. Well, round one, he was he picked up two shots in strokes gained approach. And then in round two, as I just pull up different data, uh, he was sitting at his, his biggest thing was putting. So he's picked up three strokes putting in round two. Wow. Um, but again, he, he's, he's, he's around the green work is just costing him. 
costing him uh, shots. Uh, next up, the board. We're not going to talk about Fatrick or Kevin Nah, two others that could very well be playing in a couple of weeks' time. I can keep saying that like I know who's playing, but I do not know. Um, another Rocket favourite, Max Homer. He's at T17. A little even par yesterday, one under today. Thoughts? Same as same as Lucas. It's just need to see improvement. Like if he can come out and just, if he can put a 67, 66 on the board or something tomorrow, then, you know, we're, we're moving in the right direction when it comes to majors. Because he's, you know, every time he's come into some majors, he's had some form and I'm thinking that, you know, this course is sort of prime for him, tough conditions, firm, fast, small greens, all the things were falling into the right place and it just needs to translate into actual form. So if he could, you know, he's at T17 now. So hopefully he's thinking of putting in a really good round tomorrow, put himself in a position, depending on whatever else happens at the the front. But it's like, how how does he make his way into at least the top 10, I think? Yeah. And he's one that I didn't like at the start of the week because he's around the green data is not great. But, this week, his ball striking would be off the charts. Absolutely off the charts, Max Homer, because he's gaining in putting one and a bit strokes, but he's nearly two in approach and nearly two in tee to green. He's he's really yeah. hitting the ball well. But he's, it's just a game that yeah, so he's he, he dialed in. Mm. He's dialed in with his with his um with his iron play and stuff like that. Which is quite funny because like because he he was a senior at Cal when when uh, when Colin was coming through, so I think they spent one year, like a little bit of a, I could be wrong. They might have missed each other by a year, and it's like they're almost like very chalk and chip. They're almost the same, right? In terms of really strong off the tee, really strong iron play. Um, they've both improved their wedge game a lot and then they, they can be more on a streaky putter side of it. So Max has been doing a lot of work on his putting. So if he gets a little bit warm on the greens, like, and he could go super low. Yeah, no, he definitely can. He can definitely still push through. Don't know whether he can win, but he can, he nah, can certainly get, I, get up to a good score. There's, well, there's too I, much. There's, there's too much ahead of him. He'd have to come out and like shoot 63 or something tomorrow to put himself in a position to have a chance to win. Yeah, that's the only way because he's too far. He's too far back. There's too many. There's too many good players in front, and I don't think the course is going to turn on its head. No, so I agree. Um, one of the guys I like the start of the week, Taylor Gooch, is sitting there at one under. So is Joaquin Neiman. Um, the one I wanted to quickly talk about, only because, gee, he snuck up, is Gary Woodland. Gary Woodland's T10. Gary Woodland. He's the he's like the pre-Brooks of, you know, he, for me, he's like the Brooks Kepka that never went on. Yeah, Brooks Light. <laughs> Brooks Light. <laughs> exactly. Had the um, same coach. You know, they're, they're both a big, muscly sports dude. And they, the swings are not too dissimilar. Well, he, did he rip his pec and then he refused to get the surgery? He did an injury. I can't remember what it was, but he said, no, I don't want the surgery. No, I'll just know. sort of let it heal. And that's why he's been nowhere for, you know, a couple of years. But um, 
Yeah, he's very much snuck up on me, but these courses clearly suit those sorts of players normally. He's another one. He's just he's actually just another really good tee to green, big hitter. And then yep. if he gets, again, another one of those gets warm on the greens and he can do all right. But yeah, yep. Brooks Light. <laughs> um, two others that are there, podcast favorites, Sam Burns and Cameron Young, both T10 yep. as well, which is great. Great to see Cameron Young there. But the other one I want to talk about, <sighs> Cam Smith. Cam, Cam, Cam. Before you talk about it, let me give you some stats that I have from my data digging today. Now, these are parts that Cam Smith tapped in for par. Right, four hole, seventeen you, inches. You've digging deep. You've dug deep into the data lake. <laughs> Fourth hole, seventeen inches. Fifth hole, twelve inches. Sixth hole, five inches. Seventh hole, twenty-three inches. Tenth hole, this was a bogey tapping, eighteen inches. They missed the part, part point, nothing. Twelfth hole, seven inches. Thirteenth hole, twenty-two inches. Seventeenth hole, fourteen inches, and the last hole, four inches. So each of those parts was literally a tapping after a missed birdie. It is frightening how much he could not make a putt today. Frightening. He makes half of those. He is six under and he is tied for third with JT. Instead, So what what is his strokes gained on putting? He's two under. His strokes gained, he's absolutely flat versus the the field at zero. Wow. The tournament. But for round two, which is the one we want to look at, no, round two is, is flat. He's just flat. He's not going to. So basically, the, the difference is he probably didn't strike it as well, sort of yesterday. He, oh, today gaining, compared to yesterday. So, event he's gaining. Oh, so for yesterday, he gained four and a half shots in approach and then nearly five T to green, which is frightening iron play. And then he today, he's picked up two and a bit in approach and another two and a half T to green, right? So he's flying. He just hasn't made a part. Literally picking up nothing versus the field. Yeah, it's, it's, jeez. And it's putting, right? <clears throat> putting, it's like one of his fortes. Yeah. I didn't see a lot of the putts, um, that he missed, but did, did they look like there was any, like, had the green, the traffic on the greens had any effect on, on his putting at all, do you think? Uh, to be honest, I reckon it was speed. I don't think he's got the speed down. There's, you know when you, you know when, and I'm going to try and describe this for people that aren't watching me use my hands. You know when you hit a putt and it just sort of breaks off that two inches early and then turns to the right of the hole. Like it was doing that. Like he gives it that extra couple of rotations on that same line and it's straight in the middle. And and I saw that a handful of times. The shot that the putt that he hit on 18, it was he was probably two mil left of his line that he took, and it's in in the right hand side. And it just didn't. It just sort of trickled along and then rolled up, rolled over the right edge of the. It was like never going to not. You knew he was missing before he even lined it up. He should have just said, "Write me down for a par, and I'll just shoot off to the to the bar." Like he was never making it. Um, it was just one of those frustrating things all day. One, he, one because he's my one and done. But yeah, I've also been him as well. But strokes game putting for the year, he's fourth, right? So this guy is picking up on average one shot per round on the field. Okay. So he should be at least two shots better than he is because he's gone zero through two rounds, zero and zero. Yeah, um, we all, and we know we just by today's numbers, he should be even higher than that. It's frightening. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, if he over the course of those couple of rounds, if you think he just gains a couple of shots, he's six under, and he's actually he's he's right in the hunt. Yeah. So what happens tonight? You know, it rains four or five hours. They they suck some it's air gonna, out of the greens. It's going to mess they mow with his head. Them. 
Like it's, they're going to be completely different to what they were today. Yeah, he's Great going to have point. to reset, and yep. the, maybe maybe it'll, maybe the greens will come to him. I don't know, but um, and maybe it helps. Yeah, I, I think um, I think that would help. I honestly think that a change up and then shaving him down will help him. But we'll wait and see. Um, T eight. Now we're not going to go through all the T eights, but there's only three of them. But Davis, uh, sorry, uh, Matt, there's not two of them. Matt Fitzpatrick, but your mate Kitchen. Kitchen's yeah, making the kitchen's, a run. Stewie, Stewie, Stewie Sink. Leaky, leaky kitchen. faucet in my Stewie, Stewie Sink. <laughs> um, kitchen Sink is, yeah, he's two under today. One under yesterday, two under today. That is great. That is very, very good golf. I know um, on the No Laying Up podcast, Icarito rated him at the start of the week. I think it was a bit, but it's not anymore because he's T8 through two rounds. So he's right up there, which is um, interesting to see. Matt Fitzpatrick has me worried. Because he's a non-closer, like he's a guy that he's a guy that I could see playing on tour for a million years and never winning. But he's making me yeah. nervous this week. He's three under, two rounds to go. Um, yeah, Luke Donald Light, Luke Donald Light, exactly. Um, the T fives, we've got Abe Answer, who looks he's an Oklahoma boy. Is that right? Or oh, he played yeah, at Oklahoma? I think so. Tiny Dancer. He's trimmed trimmed the back of his. Uh, he shaved the back of his head. He's got a new haircut. And uh, he looks like a different man. Uh, and Davis Riley is also there, who's playing very, very, very good golf at the moment. But the one we probably all want to talk about is the man I expected to shoot 78 at some point, and that's Rory McIlroy. He's got five under and one over. Based on the conditions, that 71 is a 78. Like, that is the biggest wasted opportunity ever. But is it? would there be data on, you call it morning and afternoon, in terms of, Average so the score, yep. yeah, the splits because because there's one man we're going to talk about that played in the morning and his score doesn't represent what it, what it probably should be, and then Rory's the complete opposite. He's played in the afternoon, um, and I think he's his brain must have turned back on again and he became caring and you know the weight of the world is on his shoulders and stuff like that because. 71 in those conditions, considering the rest of the field was basically just just showing no respect to the course, is is quite disgraceful, really. You know, he starts at 500. You, you, if he shoots 68, everyone would go, that's a really good solid round. He shoots 71, it really should be, that's a wasted opportunity. And that potentially could cost him the championship, that round. So tomorrow is going to tomorrow's make or break. Like he has to he has to do something or go back to Monday uh, the the first round mentality and and apply that again because otherwise we're just going it's reverse Rory. Like he's all free in the first round and then he just blows up in the rest. What did he do wrong? What did he do wrong today, stats wise? Stats. Stats-wise today, Mr. Rory was losing shots on approach. So he lost one, nearly one shot versus the field on approach. Really good in around the green, good in off the tee, good tee to green. Putter was cold, but probably uh, his approach play was the worst. The day before, when he played well, around the green wasn't there, but he picked up three putting, picked up two in approach, picked up everywhere. Played His, his approach play yesterday was... It was like, I call it back to 2019 Players' Championship when he was hitting these little flighted 
he was flighting the ball, um, sitting these little cutoff wedges, um, these, and he's just really moving the ball around and just being really, um, we'll call it creative, right? He was being very creative and it was like back to, there was this old Rory came back, but the old, old Rory came back today and it was back <laughs> to those, you know, poor distance control, really just some of his wedge shots were just, they were short, they were wide. Like the, the first hole, first hole, perfect example. Absolutely just blasts one down there. He's got 90 in and he fats the living daylights out of it and it doesn't even make the green. Like, like what are you doing? And so I saw that and I'm like, oh, here we go. Here we go. And and it was basically, they just set the tone for the rest of the day. Like instead of having like 90 and just flighting one in there when the wind was down and then just getting it into like 15 feet and having a chance for birdie, He's like busting his busting his balls, having to get up and down. Great chip, yeah. great chip. But the thing is, though, ah. I, I I find it funny as an outsider because I'm neither here on or there on Rory. But it's funny how many people yesterday, when he shot five under, people were like all through the socials were like. Rory, when he's won his majors, he just goes away from fields. People need to be worried here. I'm the opposite. I'm there going, he's played one good round in a major. Let's all just relax. And he throws in a one over today. Wasn't anything good. Wasn't anything bad. Was so-so. He's five off the lead now. If he backs... Yesterday, we were talking about him winning this by 10. Now he's five off the lead. Especially especially in the conditions, right? And this is the thing. Wasn't like... If it was really windy conditions... If he was playing in the morning, he shot seventy-one. It'd be it's a different story. He's playing in the afternoon, and he had the lead, and he shoots seventy-one. And you see how he played, and you just go, "Nah." If you sh- if he played a little bit like that and shot sixty-eight, I go, "Do you know what? he had a tough day, but he grounded out, hung in there. He's only a couple shots back, but he's not." So tomorrow, like tomorrow, is, he, is, it's is the weight again. Us. We'll call it the weight of expectation. Yeah, you know? no, I agree. Are you getting out there again tomorrow, Doc? Yeah, we've got uh, tickets again tomorrow, and then we're going to watch the final round from uh, from home. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'll be well and truly sick of the course by Saturday night, but uh, oh, and Sunday we'll be able to actually watch the, you know, watch it on the telecast. So. Yeah, it makes it hard. I think, as we all know, we've all been in tournaments. I think going every day is a bit of a battle. Um, for the uh, for the next bit. We're going to talk about the player that probably everyone was talking about pre-tournament and we're pretty pretty keen on, Bubba Watson. <laughs> Bubba How Watson's good was he fourth. today? He shot seven under today. How good was he today? I, um, I, I watched a lot of his shots. He was unbel- He was so good. He's that that honestly to watch to see to, when you're watching the coverage. It's obviously you, you're getting the highlights, right? And so when someone like Bubba pops up on your screen, like say a Lee Westwood or an Adam Scott at any given time, you're seeing this unbelievable shot and you're seeing a birdie or whatever it is and you go, that's great. And then they don't show you the 25 bogeys they have in the middle. Then they flash back to <laughs> yeah. him and think, oh, he must be six under and they never are. Well, guess what? Bubba Watson was. <laughs> he was seven under today and he was doing all these great things and not having any bad holes in the middle. Um, yeah, he played really, really, really good. So this... Obviously, this golf course—it's almost like there's enough that the the canvas that he has to paint on 
was an, was was kind of right for him. And the yep. beauty is that you know the weather conditions sort of helped that, and it was it was just a really good round, spectacular round, spectacular round. Well, he's had nine birdies, and who would be, who would be surprised that a guy who's won two green jackets is suited to a course that people are saying is similar to Augusta? Mm. Why didn't Why didn't we think of that? Is there any stats um, on left-handed versus right-handed? Because it, you know, one of the things that the um, about this course is that a lot of those dogleg par fours are off camber, and yep. the um, the bunkering around the greens is there to trap the right-handed player if they're going to induce a draw off the, yep, off the yep. fairway. But if you're left-handed, that whole thing flips. And so the the um, the bunkering that's set up for right-handed kind of doesn't work. So it, I'd be interested to see if there was any yeah. you know, stats about how lefties play this course versus righties because I, I, I feel that the off, off-camberness of those fairways and greens and bunker positions. Yeah. That's a good call. I, I know that people look at it for... Um, there's a lot of data here and there around things like whether people hit a draw or they hit a fade and how the hole suits and sets up for them, especially for courses like Augusta. But I've definitely never thought about it from the point of view of the ball where it sits on the ground if you've got something that's got a really steep camber. But yeah, they definitely should be looking at it uh, and what suits what for sure. Makes sense. Um, the top three. JT, six under, has had the worst of the conditions. He's gone three under, three under. That round today, that 67 Did you was watch worthy that? of 63. Yeah. That is unbelievable. It was unbelievable. So today, good. He is. See, like he, he, so it's again, I think it was, this happened at the Masters, right? Remember the conditions of the Masters? And it's like, how many players in the top 25 played in the, played in the morning in the second round and the, uh, you know, had that afternoon morning start? Yeah, if you go back down that leaderboard, I reckon out of the top twenty-five, there's probably four. Yeah, and, no, he's, be... and he's he's third, so he's three out of the lead and played in the worst conditions. Yeah, no, it's uh, there's not many that teed off early and were still there on the leaderboard by the time the afternoon guys came through and finished. And and this is the first time he's put himself in in the hunt in a major for a very very long time. And there's been, again, the weight of expectation has been on him and he hasn't really sort of delivered. And it'd be interesting because he's had bad conditions in both days and, you know, he's using Tiger's PR people and probably learning a lot of, from Tiger about shaping the ball and stuff like that, which which is coming through in spades. Yeah. The, 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 his third round is going to be really telling in terms of what happens because if the conditions are a little bit more benign, does he do what he did at the players? Because remember, we had those absolute stinking conditions. I think it was the second round at the players and he shoots that 69, then you know puts himself in a position, then comes out the next day and just plays just like a bag of... I hope he goes well. I'd like to see him... I'd like to see him... (laughs) I'd like to see him win another major. In my opinion, uh, he's the best all-round golfer on tour. Um, he's the best all-round golfer in the world. He just doesn't have the highs in his certain skill sets that some others do here and there. But um, well, I'd like he, to see him he, win it. Yeah, well, he's the one that should – he should be winning more than he does. Yeah, definitely. The, definitely. So there's something that's missing that and, – and there's a part of me that still thinks that there's certain parts of a round and he's like that um, – there's a particular person I used to play with and it's one of those ones where he's like had this ability and there would be these one or two holes where it hit this 
flat duck hook and it's just and it would just unravel unravel the round right and they just couldn't get over it and and JT has that flat duck hook in his bag somewhere and it's whether or not it's going to come out and he just needs to try and get through the round and not hit one of those flat duck hook tee shots and make a double somewhere because then he just goes completely off the rails it's like he just has this he, I've seen the Masters, right? 13. How many times has JT hit a flat duck hook on 13 and derail around? Yep. No, it's heaps. A, it's, it's, it's keeping his mind on the job. Bones, as we've talked about, or you've talked about, is certainly keeping him in line. Oh, he's, uh, he's, Bones has got to be strokes gained there. Like, it's 100%. like Ted, Ted Scott for Scotty Scheffler, right? For the start of the year. Like it's a massive difference for JT to think to have Bones on the bag. There were some really good conversations they caught between Bones and JT um, early on. I saw a bit of the, the telecast this morning before we went to the, the course, and they, they, you know, they they were they were picking it up on the mic. So I was doing a really good job of getting the audio and the, the detail that these two are having conversations. It's just just awesome to listen to. But one hundred percent, Bones is the difference. Well, Bones will be the thing that will get JT over the line this weekend if he gets in contention. Yep. No, I love that. I love that call. I think that's that's bang on, mate. I think it's good. And I like when they, the, the commentators let them talk. But my favorite part is when you're hearing a really good conversation between player and caddy. And as they're still having the conversation, the commentator comes in and says, this is really great to be able to hear. And oh, like, I wish they would just shut talking. up. Like um, the, the amount of times we lost the, you know, this is the the, the, the Mickelson love, right? The Mickelson bones conversations and the yeah. stories you would hear after that when, <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, that's the sort of stuff that you want to hear. Yeah. Like. The, um, to give you the answer on the early late wave, who got the best of it. So that, um, the early late was just under one shot better off on Thursday and 0.88 shots better off today. So we'll call it two shots better if you had that side of the draw. So yeah. JT should be mailing in for an extra two shots versus where the other boys are. So Yeah. Um, next up, the two players that are at the top, second, first and second, and they, and they play great golf today. One shot, six under, one shot, five under. First is Mito Pereira. Mito Pereira, as funny as it sounds, was actually the last person we mentioned on the podcast the other night. So he was ranked number 15 in the data lake, was Mito Pereira. Oh, was he? He was, yeah. When I, thought, funny... I, thought you, I thought you flipped over and started talking about the, the development driver for McLaren's Formula One team or something like that. Because <laughs> I, I look at that name and I think, is, is an F1 driver playing golf? It's funny because I, I when Ross the other night said, who are your top 15? And I was like, 15's a weird number. And then I read down to Mito Pereira. <laughs> And here he is, 151 before the tournament started, 150 to 1. He's now, uh, he had unbelievable round today, really good round yesterday, rock solid. Uh, eight under, one undefeated. The, the Data Lake is undefeated. <laughs> the Data Lake's going pretty well this week. <laughs> yesterday was a very good day. Um, but yeah, he's doing a lot right. And you know what's driving it? You putt for dough, I've heard once upon a time. And he's for today picked up nearly four strokes putting. Um, and and that will that will very much help you shoot a good score. He's two, yeah, he shot sixty four. He's pouring him in from everywhere. Like he, he was just braining it. Nearly three approach, and then four point nine one tee to green. So 
he's uh he's playing some very very good golf. I think he's probably the opposite side of the coin to JT. He's had the good side. Yeah, he has. I'll be very yeah, interested to see how the next two days shake out if he can hang on. And he's he's a very good golfer. Um, that'll be very interesting to see how he how he finishes up here. It'd be good to see him. Go theme well. of this one: the weight of expectation. Mm, exactly. <laughs> I haven't said that at all during this podcast. <laughs> Speaking um, of, uh, number one. Number one. The weight of expectation. Yeah. It, you're not wrong. Will Zalatoris. Good Lord. The when greens. did this boat know how to figure out how to putt? No, no. Well, the, Andy Johnson on, on the shotgun start, he came. And you've heard me talk about this with Adam Scott, right? Yeah. And if if you looked at his, where he's hitting the ball in the first round and probably even the second round is like, He's figuring out how to hit it to 15 feet. Like he's yeah. not hitting it, trying to hit it inside six or anything like that. No, you're not wrong. <laughs> so he's... hit it a bit further away. And, but then, and maybe the greens aren't as quick as a normal championship, right? Because yep, they're not potentially. And um, so because of all the, the different tiers and elevations and the, and the dramatic nature of the, 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 the greens and especially all the fall-off edges, have, have the PGA, yes, they didn't cut them overnight, but potentially have they sort of dialed it back a little bit. So then, you know, I'm looking at it and they're not, they don't look slick, right? They do not look slick. Hmm. Are you saying you don't see those it. ones where they're doctoring it to give him the win? Is that what you're saying? This is this is massive. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think first. By, I don't think it's by design. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, you know, you could almost say because it was like it's like straight out of Happy Gilmore being doctored. You know, maybe oh, someone's going to push a tower <laughs> down yeah. or something like that. <laughs> he um he's picking up just over three strokes on the field in putting. Will Zalatoris. <laughs> Which what what's yeah. his what's his around the greens? So around the greens is just above one, or just under one, sorry. So it's not bad. Um, so it's, it's approach and and putting. His 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 tee to green, like he is yeah. striping the absolute eyeballs out of it. It's he's, just uh, it's crazy how compact his swing is, and just he's so small. He's just a he's his driver has more weight than him, and he and he just just bombs it. <laughs> He's, and it's just, uh, it's just a, has it on a string. It's well, crazy. He's wrote, ranked number one in putting. He's ranked number three in tee to green. He's ranked number seven in approach. And then he's, he's worse too, which is still not bad. 22nd around the green and 21st in off the tee. So that's, that's why he's nine under. Nine under is a massive score. At, before the week started, if you'd had told me what's the winning score, I probably would have said eight or nine. Um, post Rory's five yesterday, I thought maybe 10. Now yeah. I'm thinking maybe 12, but yeah. I wouldn't be shocked for it to just sit around that nine or 10 is my guess. Yeah, if the course gets a bit sort of firmer. And it's going to be like if, if the greens stay, so whatever it is, so may, you know, maybe the, the, that, we'll call it that data point is Cam Smith struggling on the greens because he's expecting them to be faster than what they should be. Right. Because yeah. as you said, right, it's those, it's that he's not rolling him past probably like he would be. And he's just out, his pace is out. His line's right, but his pace is out. And then you've got Will, who's obviously struggles. So you think about if you're a bit yippy and the green's a little bit slower, that means you've got to give it a bit more of a hit. So that little bit of a twitch is probably 
you know, and also not hitting it too close all the time, Adam Scott style. Yeah, doesn't hurt. And 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 being able to arm lock, cheat, stick it, and you know, this is what you get. No, he's um he's playing very 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 good golf, um, and he's one to look for for the weekend. Um, who would you be picking right now, guys? Starting starting with Doc, who would you be picking right now if you wanted to pick the winner? Uh, I th- I think Justin Thomas has got what it takes. Him and his caddy, I think um he is probably the one that I'm liking the most to get up. I'd love to see Rory get up. But um, I, after today's performance, I just don't know if he's got the got what it takes to to get through that. Um, I think you know the weight of expectation around Will Del Toros is going to probably bring him undone a little bit, um, and that could unfortunately be you know back nine on Sunday. You know, he might be one of those guys that contends tomorrow and and you know plays a good front nine on Sunday, but you know finds the creek a couple of times and just falls apart. That's kind of what I think might happen. Um, but for me, I, I reckon JT has got the experience. He's got the caddy. He's got the shots in the, in the bag. He's just got to string a couple of decent rounds together and um, and he can take it home. Yep. Rocket? <laughs> Pretty much almost echo exactly what, what Doc we said. Can't, we can't all say the same thing. People don't want to hear that. So. <laughs> I'm going right. to say yeah, Bubba the F1, the F1 driver is going to, is going to take too. it out and, and, Love it. and, and, and the Mexican and the Mexican's going to finish second. You know, there you go. <laughs> I like it. I'm, I'm going to say <laughs> Bubba Watson's going to go seven under seven under and win at 19. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, think, I think exactly what Doc said is exactly what I think. Uh, I couldn't have agreed. couldn't have summed it up better. I think that's bang on. I think JT's uh, going to give it a shake. I think Will Zalatoris, his strokes gained data and the numbers that came up, even from when he was still playing Corn Ferry, guys, you know, the data, the, the data like people, you know, the guys like Data Golf were coming out and saying, this guy's strokes gained, he's a top 20 player in the world. He wasn't even on the PJ Tour yet. So he, he's a talent. His putting's always been poor. If he's in a tournament where he's already picking up three, four shots on the field, um, he's going to be tough to chase down, but I just think if if JT's clearly come here with the plan, he's executed two days. If he does two more, I think he's he'll he'll go close. And and the worst thing is it's like there's no one there. Like even though JT is the like you got a high confidence, if he bombs, you would be not surprised at the same time. That's the prop. It's no, like you look at that those those top sort of ten players, and there's there's some something where you just you're not confident that they're going to go and just try and just just take this thing down and I agree. you know will cuz all of a sudden he might get twitchy with a flat stick jt again he's going to flat hit a flat duck hook somewhere and i don't know probably hit aaron wise on the other side of his head <laughs> um, yeah, we should talk we should talk about that cuz some people won't know so and, this and morning and i'll just say lastly and then rory we don't know what rory is right right no, now sorry. he's still the other rory yeah. Right, he needs to maybe call up the silver medalist and go. How do I close this thing out? No, <laughs> how do I get silver? Um, for people that don't know what Rocket's talking about, which is pretty common, just messages. Um, today on the second tee, Cam t- Cam Smith teed off and hit his driver with a bit of a fan, and um, while poor the original wise guy Aaron Wise was walking up seven. 
uh, got clocked in the head on the full from about 300 and something yards and didn't kill him. I don't know how. Has anyone, have you guys ever been hit with a golf ball? No, thankfully. No. I've been hit in the arm and I've been hit in the hip. I got yep. hit in the hip with a, with a shank and it was like a really good shank. Like we're talking yeah. like 45 degrees, hosel rocket yep. um, with, a, with a nine iron. It just dropped me. I've yep. seen someone get hit with a golf ball in, in, and that was thrown, yeah. like thrown from 50 meters and it hit him in the head, one of my mates and dropped him. So, you know, a, a, a 300 yard boomstick coming right. in at like two and a half thousand RPM. I haven't seen the footage, but he must have properly fanned that because <clears> there's <throat> a, there's a, um, a pedestrian walkway between those two fairways. So. Yeah right, and it's not it's not thin. It's 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 pretty wide. So when I found out it when you when you said it was on on two and he hit coming up seven, I was like, that's that's a big fan. Like he's he's he's, he's done like he's done what I've seen you do, Mike, a bunch of times. And, yeah, you know, he oh, hit yeah, one or definitely. two fairways across. Like I did that the other day. <laughs> I did that with you the other day. The, the yeah, exactly. Um, the <laughs> um, yeah. Oh. He bounced it back in the other fairway. No, he didn't. It, it literally clocked him on the head. I think that he was showing the other players in his group the mark on the side of his hat where it had hit him. Uh, Gino Benelli, uh, Joel Damon's caddy was there looking after him, getting him some water, a water bottle to hold on his head. And then once he finished, he had an ice pack on it. But yeah, he just I'm got up and played at, out. I'm looking at the hole by hole. <laughs> it's like oh, yeah. literally it's way right. map. That's way right. <laughs> on, on the video, you can't tell. Uh, I think no. I retweeted it on the on the My Love of Golf, Golf socials, but you can see uh, Cam tee off, and you can see the ball go right, and he puts his hand out saying four, and but then you just see the tree line and the spectators, and it's way over their heads. Yeah, like you said, Doc, whatever it's gone over, it's gone all the way out. Unless unless Aaron Wise wasn't quite in the fairway, I'm not sure, but yeah, it would have um, it definitely wouldn't have tickled. Um, yeah. and that's it, I think, boys. Is I there anything so. else you guys had? No. Uh, thanks for having me on, boys. It's been a pleasure, and um, I'm looking no, forward to jumping on Rosco. after big day, Doc. Thank you. No, no, not at all. Um, I'm looking forward to Roscoe sending me across to um, to London for the live event. That's going to be good. And then, um, yes. what's the next major after that? Is it the the Open? Oh, he's going to be there. US, so US Open. US Open. Oh, no, US Open. Oh, US Open. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah and then fun. he's going he's going to be over in St Andrews. So I'll, I'll happy to attend the US Open. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I'll report in midway through. Yeah. I got nothing to do. Sure. Yeah, we'll yeah. see if we can put a call out to Taylor Made to get you on the ground. If they're not going to give me a bag of clubs, at least send send the doc over to be allowed a roving reporter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, but I can't I can't recommend Tulsa enough. And if you get a chance to come here, um, do it. Um, good place you, to. You need to let the family know we're actually getting ads for Tulsa in the coverage. So they're showing. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, we are too. They're talking about how great Tulsa is for for. Industry and showing this oh, really? and that. It's the hub of America for more reports. Yeah, there you go. The advertising's working. There you go. It's not nah, good little America. place. And I, I played. I got to play nine holes at a, uh, a little country club too, um, called the Oaks. Um, so if you want to look that up, it's um, it, it's probably uh, what you would call a quintessential U.S. country club. Like it is. It is. If you if you were to draw a picture of a of a country club, this is exactly what it looks like. Like it's the white clubhouse it's the pool with the the you know the, the water when you, when you say it's the white clubhouse where are we where are we going with this doc well it's what it's the white clubhouse was there no 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 
<laughs> no, no. The clubhouse it's is not, painted white. Not, not in Alabama, is it? No, it's not in Alabama. No. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just one of those beautiful country clubs where the members are nice and, you know, there's, it's just, you know, nice, good, good golf. Um, but yeah, played nine holes there and it had a bit of fun. And, um, so that was good. Like it. Oh, definitely. I, I definitely want to get back over to the state soon and start playing some golf. Yep. Rocket, sign us off. Yep. So thanks everyone. Thanks everyone for listening. This went a little bit longer than we thought, but you know, it was awesome. Um, and you know, hopefully everyone has been able to, you know, chow down on a couple of democracy sausages today for those Australians. Uh, everyone's voting. Um, so I'm the real nerd. So if any listeners want to hear my political thoughts or ask me what I think about the political telecast, because I actually will be watching it and the ABC one with Anthony Green. Yes, I'm that sort of person. Um, Everyone's very surprised, Rocket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're completely shocked. <laughs> um, so with that, uh, sign, sign us out, Mike. Done. Have fun, guys. Enjoy the weekend. See you, boys. Bye.